Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Someone say amen to that. Failure is not, an, failure is not a sign that you, have, uh, that you are, are weak. It's a sign that you're alive. So let's pray. Father, we, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in your word. We ask that you encourage our people today. Father, that we will not just be asleep, Lord God, but we will engage to do the work of the Lord. Lord, I want to be an action church. We, wanna, we don't just want to sit down and do nothing and hear the word. We want to be doers of your word. And I pray, Lord God, that you would encourage every one of us to have promises, that have spoken prophetic words over their lives, dreams that have not been come to pass. Encourage us today and release the anointing of more than conquerors to not forget the promises of God. And everyone said, Romans chapter 8 Verse 35 is a, is a popular form of scripture. I want you to turn to your Bibles. Come on, somebody. Turn to your Bibles. Get your, get your, uh, your smartphone or your tablet. Turn with me to, to, to Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Now, this is a popular form of scripture. I'm only going to read a couple of verses. I may not read, Zach, everything that I had uh, sent you here. But I'm going to stop in something because we've heard this before many times. But I'm going to come at a different angle for this verse starting this series here. All right? The Bible says in, in 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Say amen. Now watch this. Shall tribulation. Shall tribulation shall distress or persecution or famine or peril or sword. Now watch. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Say more than conquerors. Now, I I could continue, but I'm not. I'm going to pause right there. He says, though through all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, from a theological standpoint, from a biblical standpoint, we know, those who, who have studied the Bible, we know that this scripture means that by default you are more than a conqueror simply by being saved, being blood washed and, and a Christian, being, being saved and born again. You are more than a conqueror because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now, we know that, that, that you can never improve on that. You can never change on that. You're more than a conqueror because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. That is biblical truth. That is your, your, your positional place in your identity. But what I want to talk about today is a little further more practical in these terms other than just the automatic spiritual reality that you're more than a conqueror. We, every person that calls upon the name of the Lord is more than a conqueror because the one who defeated death is living inside of you. However, why is it that most Christians that you and I encounter are not living in, in, in more than a conqueror reality in their life? Why is it that most Christians, when you see them, they're really down, they're really flip-floppy, they're, they're, they're not overcoming? So, the reason I say this, because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, watch this, this is key. There's also reality that because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have the power the strength to overcome every adversity, every trial, and every tribulation that comes in any season of your life. Because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, it's not just positional reality, it's an active reality. You and I have the ability by the power and the person of the Holy Spirit to overcome every trial that comes to your life. That should say amen. And so the word conqueror has the connotation. Watch this. I'm going to make you happy in a second. The word conqueror has the meaning and connotation of overcoming something 
especially that was meant to destroy you or harm you. The word conqueror literally means to over, the ability to overcome something that is designed to slow you down or destroy you. The ability to overcome. Everyone in this room has personal giants that we have to face on a daily basis. Let's just take the mask off. We have personal giants that you and I have to face with. Whether it's financial giants, whether it's emotional giants, whether it's mental giants, whether it's the, some, some insecurity. But these are little giants that live inside of us. And here's the thing. We can never, ever conquer the giants in the world without first addressing the giants that live inside of us. We can never conquer the giant of pornography in the world if we don't conquer the giant of compromise and lust inside our heart. We can never, we can never compromise, sorry, uh, conquer the giant of debt that we have out in the world if we don't be good stewards of our money with inside of ourselves. Come on, say amen. And so this is what I'm trying to tell you. The bride of Christ, we're the bride of Christ, is not only called to be pure and holy. We need to be pure and holy. But I think when we think of the bride of Christ, we only think of being spotless and, and remaining from the world. Because that's what the Bible says. The bride of Christ is to be spotless and not have the worldliness in her. But as a bride of Christ, we're not only called to be holy and pure and, and, and consecrated. As the bride of Christ, we are called to be overcomers of ev- and victorious over everything that comes our way. We should be ticking time bombs for the enemy. Against the enemy. That's got one amen. We need to have the, a reverse psychology in our, 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 our mental mentality that we realize as, as church people, as a bride of Christ, you by nature have the ability to overcome. Overcome anything that comes your way. Now, what are giants? Put that first slide up there. Uh, if you guys can see it, I know some people in the back may not until we get bigger TVs, but so just bear with us. Our giants are anything that is inside of us, watch this, that threatens wholehearted obedience to the Lord. Someone say amen. Our giants within us is anything inside of us, that thre- inside of you and I, that threatens wholehearted obedience to the Lord. It's been long overdue that the body of Christ learns how to overcome adversity. It's long overdue that the body of Christ learns how to overcome failure without doubting God in the process. It's long overdue that the, that the, the body of Christ truly appears and looks victorious. Not, how are you doing? I'm blessed. That in your facial expression, you actually look like a conqueror. That you look like you're overcoming. But you have to be aggressive because trials will come your way. And listen, a true sign of a champion are not those who never fail. They're those who never quit. You're going to have failures. You're going to get knocked down. Your faith is going to be tested. The reason I started this, this series a couple weeks ago is because I just kept getting emails. Oh, you know, life is hard. Life is hard. I haven't come to church in a while. And, and th- my giving, I'm just a- afraid, and i got to take care of this, and i got to take care of that. And, and things start to happen. When trials and pressing comes, here's what I call it. The church begins to develop a spiritual disease of what I call something. When pressing comes in Christian's life, when tribulations and testing comes in Christian's life, you know what we develop as Christians? A spiritual disease called spiritual amnesia. 
where we forget all the times that God has pulled us through in the past, where we forget all the times in the past where God had delivered us from something, where we forget how he came through for you about two years ago when you had nothing and then you waited on God and God brought you through victory. We develop spiritual amnesia and we forget. All of a sudden, we forget all the times that God delivered us in the past. When trials hit the body of Christ, we don't become overcomers. What happens is we begin to doubt, watch this, the promises of God that's been spoken over your life. The promises of God that's spoken over your life is still there. Now, I want to say something to you. The promises of God are yes and amen, but it's not going to come to pass unless you respond accurately to to seasons of testing. Because you and I, watch this, have the ability to abort or slow down the promises of God. We could. Some people think that's automatic. If you don't cooperate with the Lord and you watch this tap out during the time of you guys looking for the promises of God, it's not going to come to pass. And I'm here to tell you, there's, this is nothing new. Unfortunately, people forgetting the goodness of God and forgetting the promises of God. Let me ask you this. What I feel from the Lord. How many of you have personal prophetic promises over your life that still have not come to pass yet? Okay. Now, you have personal prophetic words in your life. Then you have scriptural prophetic words that are promises, no matter what, that you could claim. But we develop this spiritual disease when hardness of heart comes, when pain comes, watch this, when frustration comes in your life, we all of a sudden bump our head with those trials and we blame God and blame God's nature and we forget everything he spoke about us. Oh, come on, search. We forget everything. Listen, you can say amen. Just don't throw anything at me. You can, be, you can shout. You can stand up on your feet. I, listen, because it's, it's time that the church sounds an alarm and sounds a trumpet of the trumpet. Listen, this is, not, this is not new. Unfortunately, the children of Israel, the children of Israel, the Israelites, they saw God's power over and over and over and over again. And they believed as long as God's power was prevalent. You know what? It's easy to believe God's promises when everything is going good for you. But when you forget the promises of God is when things start going south and all hell starts breaking loose in your life. The people of Israel experienced the Red Sea with their own eyes splitting, splitting. And when, the, when God was silent, let me tell you something prophetic. There are times in your life where God will be silent. Not because he's deaf and not because uh, he's trying to make you feel bad. It's because he's wanting you to walk by faith, not by sight. Now watch. When the trials started hitting the, the people of Israel, after they got delivered from the Red Sea, they started doubting and forgetting God. Look what Psalms 106 says. Look at, put it up there. Psalm 106 Psalms 106, are you alive this morning? Come on, are you alive this morning? Could you hear me? Psalm 106, verse 7 says this. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand. Look at this. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies, but they rebelled. Let me pause and say this. The Holy Spirit quickened that on me. Whenever we forget the promises of God, the next prerequisite is rebellion. Let me, tell, let me tell you that. When we begin to purposely forget that God is good. Oh, come on. I'm going to this side because this side is better. When we start forgetting that God is good, we'll question his nature because of the testing that we're in. And we will forget he is good. Do you know that the, the next thing that happens in our heart when we start forgetting the promises of God because of testing 
is a recipe for inner rebellion. The Bible says they did not remember the promise of God, and then they rebelled. Oh, that's going to preach real good here in this church right now. Now, what's rebellion? Rebellion is not just flat out saying, I hate you, God. I curse you. Of course, that's rebellion. But the rebellion in the church is slowly not adapting to his ways. And holiness starts going out the window and all these things start going out the window because you forget the promises of God. And when you forget the promises of God, a little seed of rebellion starts putting, oh man, I'm preaching good right here. A little seed of rebellion starts to put in your life and you're like, you know what? I don't want to go to church because God hasn't been good to me lately. No, I don't want to live right because God wasn't there for me. Yeah, I love God, but you know what? I, 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 I'll go when I want to. I don't, want, I don't feel like doing this right now. Let me tell you something. The rebellion that's in you is because we forget the promises. Watch. They did not, watch, look at the next verse. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies, but rebelled by the sea. Look at this. The Red Sea. <laughs> he made it sure it was the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his namesake. Watch this, guys. That he might make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. I want you to put yourself in this, okay? God saved the, his people from the hand of him who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Watch this. The waters covered their enemies. There, there was none left of the enemies. Then they believed his word. Watch this, watch this. Then they sang his praise. It, when, when God's power comes, we're like, hallelujah. We just had the testimony right now. We had a testimony right now of things that are happening in Mama Lisa's life, right? Because things are happening good. But some of you, if things don't happen and you don't got a praise report, will you still praise God? Will you still worship God? Watch this. They praised God as long as everything was good because they saw the Red Sea split. Look at the very next verse. Now, sometimes verses in the Bible... You could go from one verse to, to another verse and like 50 years pass by, literally. You just don't know it. it, 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 it in, in Scripture, literally, one verse and the next word could be separated by hundreds of years. In time, when they stopped seeing the power of God. In time, when they stopped seeing the Red, Spirit, uh, Red Sea split. In time, when they stopped feeling the presence of God. Look at the next verse. They soon forgot his works. And they did not wait for his counsel. When failure and hardship and disappointment come to the body of Christ through family trials, through a child leaving, through financial destruction. Some of you, I feel from the Lord, some of you have had hardened hearts because you put your trust in the Lord and your finances were not there. And it developed a hardened heart and you've questioned God's nature. And you forgot his word. Watch this. Here's the recipe. Forgetting equals rebelling. When you forget God's promises, it's an open door for rebellion. Watch this, and the church develops spiritual amnesia. Now, I want you to put this up there. What are the tools? I'm going to give you tools. For uh, Are you getting something this morning? I want to give you tools to overcome and not abort the promises of God made over your life during times of trial. Now, I'm going to say this real good as your pastor because I sense it from the Lord. Whether you agree with me or not, I'm just going to tell you. Many of you are in seasons of trial right now, season of testing right now. Season of pressing, season of suppressing, trying to suppress you. How you respond in this season is going to see if you either remember the promises of God or you allow rebellion to come in because you forget the promises. Now watch, I'm, I'm going to here, here to save you. So then what are the tools, you're going to be, you're going to be happy in a second. 
I, and I didn't write this, I didn't read this in a book. These are my personal experiences. And I'm sure there's more, okay? Tools to overcome and not abort the promises of God during times of trial. Put the first, put the first point up. Discipline. You don't hear that preach at church a lot. Discipline? That's not a spiritual word. Of course it's not. But it is. You know why? Because discipline, here's the good thing about discipline. Discipline covers every essential key area in your life that you need to have during times of trial. Like discipline in prayer. Some people say, why don't you have prayer in there? I have prayer in there. It's, it's mixed in with discipline. Because let me tell you, when you are going through trials, the first thing that the enemy wants you to go by is by your feelings. Discipline will eliminate the need for feelings to validate the Word of God. Because when you have discipline, then when you don't feel anything and you're dried up, the disciplines that you have built up throughout the years will start automatically kicking in in reserve in emergency mode. When you are in trial and you're in tribulation and you're dried up, all the disciplines that you have worked up, now you will wake up and you don't feel a thing, but you'll still be faithful to prayer. That's what's going to sustain you. Discipline, not only in prayer, discipline in regulatory Bible study. I'm not talking about Wednesday night Bible study. I'm talking about when you're going through trials, discipline is needed for you to crack over that word when all hell's breaking loose. Oh, come on, somebody. And when nobody, and when nobody is calling you and you don't feel the presence of God and you're actually a little angry with God, you still have the discipline to open the word and say, speak to me. When you are in a season of trial, the things that you do to, to not abort the promises of God is discipline. See, no one said amen to that. Because everyone wants to be obedient by what they feel. And I'm here to tell you, and during times of testing, you will not feel Lucy, uh, uh, the, the, the presence of God and all, this, all these good vibes. The disciplines that you have is going to keep you from aborting the, pres- the promises of God. The discipline, watch this, discipline and prayer. Say prayer. Can I just say that's easier said than done? It's easy to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do that. No, try effectively praying if you don't have a discipline in your life and all hell's breaking loose. It's going to suffer. Your prayer life is going to suffer. Why? Because you're not, you're used to engaging with God when you feel good. Discipline is needed when, when to not abort the promises of God when you are in a season of trial. Discipline for prayer. Discipline for Bible study. Watch this. Are you ready for this? This is key. I want everyone to look at me. Discipline for holiness during trials. You say, well, that's not a big deal. I'm going to tell you something. The first thing that goes out the window when you're having seasoned or trials is your conviction level. All of a sudden, your conviction level goes down, and you start seeing shows that you couldn't see before, that you didn't want to see before, because you're going through trials, you're going through tribulation, and holiness suffers when you're in trials. When you have discipline, you will maintain holiness during the storm. Holiness is threatened when we're going through trials. It's like eating ice cream after you worked out for a whole long time. And you're like, I don't see results. I'm going to eat an ice cream in Jesus' name. There's nothing wrong with giving you dessert. But here, here's the thing. If the dessert leads to sin, then you're going to open up that door. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to start loving that more than you love holiness. The discipline, watch this, to keep your heart and mind guarded against bitterness during time of trial. Ooh, that could preach right now. The dis is all discipline. That means everything inside of you wants to scream, injustice, injustice, God. Discipline to guard your heart and mind 
during time. I'm talking about during. I'm talking about during times of trial. Can I hear an amen? Guarding your mind and heart against negative thoughts about the nature of God. Guarding your thoughts and your mind in times of trial against the nature of God that God is good. Because when trials come, the first thing that you will start to blame other than other people is why is God allowing this to happen to me? And you get stuck in all the whys and all the do's and all the don'ts, then you will be offended. You and I have to have discipline. Discipline during times of trials because discipline eliminates the need for feelings. Come on, say amen. Look at the next one. Put the next slide up there, Zach. The next slide is consistency. Say consistency. Come on, say consistency. The reason why I put this, the second tool that you need to overcome uh, to not abort the promises of God is consistency is this. When testing seeks to suppress you, consistency to church meetings and necessary Christian fellowship gatherings will be threatened in your life. Oh, look at this, look at this. I start looking at people who stop coming to church and, 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 don't, and are no longer consistent and no longer faithful. And sometimes there are just real natural excuses like, hey, they have to overwork. And that's good. That's good. I understand that. But a lot of times their, inc- their consistency is threatened and ruined because of the trial that they're going through. And watch this. If you're not consistent, you may abort the plan of God in your life. Consistency is necessary. And many times when we go through trials, people's faithfulness becomes sporadic. Sporadic in church attendance. Sporadic in discipleship. Watch this. Sporadic in their giving. Consistency is needed during times of trial. Can I hear an amen? This is what's going to save you. Look at the, look at the, next, look at the next slide. The next, the next tool is resilience. What is resilience? Resilience is the inner ability to refuse to give up. That should have said amen. Someone, someone should say amen there. Resilience is like no matter what happens, I'm going to serve the Lord. We're gonna, I'm going to drag my kids to church. I'm going to get my husband and my wife, and we're going to go to church, and we're going to hear the word of God, and we're going to pray, but we're not going to give up. The purpose for testing and trial, that's why we're more than overcomers, is the purpose of that is to stop you from fulfilling the long-haul obedience. It's causing you to quit. Say amen. So resiliency is needed. And that's, now watch this. I, I saved the best for last. I want everybody, everybody to look at me. This is going to be hard. Now it's, it's, the next tool is one of the most powerful, and this is what I'm basing my message on. And it's easier said than done, and it's hard sometimes. This next tool is absolutely needed for you and I not to abort the promises of God. Are you ready? Faith and patience. Faith and patience. Patience is not a virtue. It's a, it, it is a fruit of the Spirit. Well, patience is a virtue. No, it's a fruit of the Spirit. If you want to be a character, a person that looks like Jesus, patience hurts. Listen, so one of the tools to not abort the promises of God when you go through trials is, watch this, this hurts. Being faithful, by faith, seeing stuff that, that, that you see in your, in your spirit and you know that's there, that it's not manifesting in the natural. And patience, that hurts sometimes because we don't like waiting. But it's in the waiting that you're going to eventually get the promises back. Watch this. Look at the, the, the scriptures in Hebrews. Oh, I'm preaching myself happy right now. Because it took faith and patience to get this. Let me tell you, lots of patience. And during the time of patience, there was a whole bunch of... But 
if you have faith and patience, you will inherit, watch this, the promise. We're talking about promises. Watch this. Look at, look at this. Look at this. Look at that scripture. Put that scripture up there. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. I want you to, I want you to read this, guys. Are you getting any, anything this morning? For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Look at verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Come on, this is for you guys. How many have promises? How many have promises over their life? Watch this. That you do not become sluggish. Modern day word, lazy. But imitate those. Here it hurts again. Here's that word again. Through faith and patience, inherit the promise. You imitate those. How do you inherit the promises of God spoken over your life? How do you inherit something like this? Faith and, oh my God, it hurts. Patience. There was a joke that said, that said you know, I asked for patience and God sent me so and so, you know. Because sometimes patience doesn't look like just waiting. Sometimes patience is going through it, encountering people that you don't like. Come on, somebody. Encountering situations that make you irritable. That's the waiting process. Now watch, watch this. So if, if faith and patience inherits the promise, here's a question that many of you have asked but never really asked publicly. What do you do during the patient time? Okay. What do you do during the waiting? Just wait. Watch. What do you do during the faith and the patience part. Do you just be like, I didn't get this. This is a download from heaven. And I know there's more that you could do. Obviously, you pray. All these things are all elementary. But there's some specific things that I want to highlight. Number one, put it up there. Put that slide up there. What do you do? Watch this. What do you do in the meantime while you're walking by faith and patience? Watch this. Number one, remember and speak. Woo! Remember, say remember and speak. Come on, you say that with me. Say remember and speak God's promises over your life. So the first thing you do while you're waiting and you're faithful and patient, begin to speak the promises of God that he's spoken over your life. You say, Lord, it hasn't come to pass yet, but you said one time three years ago that I was going to be financially wealthy so that I could fund the kingdom of God. Lord, open those doors. I don't see it now, but I confess what you spoke to me. Lord, your word says that, there's, that, that, that I'm not going to die, and your word says that by your stripes I'm healed, so I am going to confess what you already spoke. Listen, remember and speak. Remember and speak. When I was going through these trials, I kept saying, Lord, you gave us a building. Lord, you said, I know you're not schizophrenic. You said it. You said it and it didn't happen. But I kept speaking and it finally happened. Because what you speak and you remember, not only will it come to pass, it will encourage your soul with faith. Because faith comes by hearing. Sometimes you have to hear your own mouth speak. If you speak, listen, if you speak the word, I'm going to say something. Faith will come to your own heart. You give yourself an injection of the Holy Ghost. Come on, say Amen. Say amen. So what you do in the meantime, watch this, you remember and speak. Always practice remembering what the Lord has spoken to your life. I feel this for somebody. Remember and speak. Like Mufasa, remember. You know what the second thing I do? Second thing, put it up there. Ooh, 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 ooh. Develop the practice of encouraging yourself. 
Not waiting for a pastor to lay hands on you. Not waiting for Pastor George or Pastor Donnie or Pastor Waldy to give you a prophetic word. You, during times of waiting and patient, right? Faith and patient. What you do is not only speak, but develop the practice of encouraging yourself in the Lord. When no podcast is there. When no, listen, the, the, here, here's the key. David was a man that had the anointing of God on his life. He had the call of God in his life and he had the promises of God in his life. And there came to a point where all his staff that were with him and loved him turned his, their back on him and he was all alone because the army of the, uh, of the enemy came and raided his entire village burned the village up with fire and then took his wives, all the wives of his leaders. Could you imagine all my leaders because of my leadership that their cities and their, their towns and their wives and their kids are all held captive by the enemy. They'll probably kill me. And that's what's ha- that was what's happening with David. David, what happened was he came to a point where he was, watch this, all alone. Look, hear me now, you're going to be happy. All the people left him. They were thinking of stoning him. But David remembered something when he was a boy, when he used to go to that secret place. He remembered in times of, of, of pain and at times of trial when no one's there to, uh, to encourage him, when all, no friends are there, when no podcasts are there. David developed the practice of encouraging himself in the Lord. Are you ready for this? Look at this. I'm going to share this with you. I want the worship team to come up here, please. I want the entire worship team to come up. Because I feel the Holy Spirit here. I don't know if it's just building or not, but you guys are too quiet while I'm preaching. <laughs> Look at this. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. Turn there with me. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. Look at this. Don't worry, we're going to go to 1215 today. And don't worry, uh, parents, you're not going to get mad at me because we're not going to put the sign up for you to get the your children until 12.15, okay? So don't get mad at me. I'm going to give you guys until 12.15 so you guys can hear the word. The children will be okay. Come on, say amen. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. Look at this, look at this. Go with me in the scripture with me, guys. Now it happened, look at it on the screen, when David and his men came to Ziklag. Can you imagine representing Ziklag in the house? <laughs> I'm representing APK, I'm representing Orlando, I'm representing Ziklag, Ziklag. <laughs> on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag, look at me, guys, look at me, attacked Ziklag, watch it, and burned the entire city with fire, watch this, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was. Watch this, watch this. You talk about trial. You talk about, how many are going through a season of testing? Come on, just be honest. Be honest. Okay. Watch this. Look at David. He, by the way, he was a righteous man. He was uh, a righteous king. Look at what happened to David. He comes back from battle, and the Lord is on his side, and his entire village of Ziklag, his hood, is burned. Now watch. It gets worse. David and his men, look at it. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Daughters. How many have, how many have kids? Raise your hand. What does that feel like when you come home from a trip and your kids are being taken? I want you to hear this. This is modern day time. Watch this. David and the people with him lifted up their voices and wept. 
until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever had no more power to weep because of some of the trials that you're going through? And David's two wives, Hanunom and Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Look at this, guys. Look at this, guys. Now David was greatly distressed for the people, his own people, his own church, his own leadership, let's put it, his own family, spoke of stoning him because all the souls of the people were grieved. Every man for his son and his daughters. Look at this, look at this, look at this. But David strengthened himself and the Lord. Everyone turned against him. All the, all the trials were pressing him. No podcast to listen to. Nobody to hug him. All his best friends that were down with him now had left him. And he looked around. He said, I have nobody to lay hands on me. I have nobody to encourage me. So I'm going to do something. I'm going to lay hands on myself. I want to encourage myself. Spirit of God, come upon me. Strengthen. That's why you think when you look at the Psalms that David was a schizophrenic dude. Because he's like talking to God and he's talking to his soul at the same time. I love you, God. Hope thou in God's old soul. Why are you with disquieted within me? Hope now in God. He's talking to his soul. He's encouraging himself. During times of, of waiting, faith and patience, develop the practice of encouraging yourself in the Lord. Oh, church, you know what that means in 2017? Going back to your journals that you wrote about five years ago when God spoke to you and flipping back on those journals and said, I remember when I was in this conference and the Lord spoke to me and start speaking those things that you wrote on a journal. You know what that means? When you start encouraging yourself, you say, wait a minute, i got to go back. i got to go back to the prophecy that was given to me and my husband and my, and my family that we were going to get saved and we were going to be used by the Lord. But I don't see anything now. Go back to those journals and speak those things. It will encourage you. Listen, it may take a long time, but if God said it and you respond right to the trial season, it will come to pass. But if you don't respond correctly during the season of trial, the promises that were made for you may not come to pass. Do you understand that when the Bible says in Isaiah that his word that he speaks out of his mouth shall not return void back to him. What does void mean? When you write a check to somebody and then you wrote it by accident and then you put void on that check, even if you have millions of dollars in that checking account, the person is not able, no matter what, to deposit or cash that check. You know why? Because there's a big void on that check. Even though the account may have millions of dollars, you and I can never deposit something that has void. But the Bible says his words, which are his promises, will never have the right, the, 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 the words say void on it. It will accomplish what it has done if you respond right in the, in the season of trial with faith and patience you inherit the promise. This promise did not come easily. But watch this. It was spoken by the Holy Spirit. But that's where most Christians stop. It was spoken. It's over. It's done. No. It was spoken, and we had to wait, and we had to fight, and we had to stay, and we had to get dirty, and we had to fight with each other, and we had to argue with each other, and we had to repent later because of all the things happening. Watch this. I guarantee you, if we didn't know this revelation, some, some of us were like, you know what, this is too tough. I'm just, bye-bye. Let me tell you something. I have a saying. 
If you're with me during the fight, you're with me during the spoils. If you're with me during the hard times, come on, come on, come on. If you're with me during the hard times and you don't abandon me and you see nothing and, you're, and, and we're arguing and we're, we're bitter with each other but we're still family, we'll hug and later and we don't understand and, I, and you don't understand me, whatever. If you're here during the hard times, you're also going to be here to reap the benefits of the promises when it comes. That's what happens. That's what happens is you stay strong. And you stay faith and patience, inherit the promise. Watch this. And then you will see, glory to God, that you will encourage yourself in the Lord. Can I just be very honest with you? How many are getting encouraged? Watch me. Put this next slide up, Zach. You're already more than a conqueror for the fact that you were born. The fact that you were born and survived all the abortions that, 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 that are threatening you and all these things proves that you're more than a conqueror. Now, now I don't want to offend anybody, but I looked up and I, and I started shouting by myself. If you don't mind, I'm going to tell you. Now, this is not being rude in church. This is scientific and this is how God made us. Do you understand? God made man and woman. Do you understand? Do you understand? Yeah, and you know how babies come through men and women, okay? So let's just stop the religious stuff and just tell you that you are more than a conqueror, the fact that you're here sitting in this room. You know why? Because I looked up the process of fertilization when it comes to a man's seed and, and, the, and, the, woman's, and the woman's womb, what it takes for that seed to actually produce a human being. I actually looked it up. I couldn't believe it. Are you ready for this? Oh, my God. I'm going to skip some because some of this is just a little, little graphic. So I'll just, I'll just call it little guys. There's 200 million little guys. <laughs> little swimmers, strong swimmers. Hear me now. 200 million, million, according to scientists, that are released during time of intimacy. Watch, 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 watch. You, you guys think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it for you. Out of those 2 million... Strong little guys, they enter the cervix, only about one million make it into the uterus. Out of two million. One million make it. Oh, God, my God. One million make it to the uterus and channels through the walls of the cervix. Out of approximately one million that enter, only about 10,000 make it to the top of the organ. 10,000 make it to the top of the organ. The rest are attacked and absorbed by white blood cells. Out of the approximately 10,000 of those strong swimmers that make it to the far end of the uterus, only 5,000 turn in the right direction. I'm, I'm, this is science. 5,000 turn in the right direction, 5,000 die off. And you think you're a coincidence. Watch this. Look at this. Out of the 5,000 that enter the... Uh, the, the, this, this part of the or, organ, watch this, only 1,000 enter the fallopian tube. So you go from 2 million possibilities of you to 1,000 enter the fallopian tube. Woo, my God. Look at this. Look at this. 1,000. Look at this now. The rest get attacked in the lining of, of the organ. Out of the, uh, and then only 200 survive. Only 200 survive. Out of after that, after after the 5,200 survive. Watch this. Out of the 200 
that survive and reach the egg, the rest die off and only one enters the egg to, for fertilization. Guess who that was? You! That what? Come on! You are more than a conqueror simply because you're alive. You were born for such a time as this. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. Come on, stand up to your feet. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.